Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Good afternoon, everyone. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. What a show today. We have a great guest. Mr. Chase Russell is on the show today. He is the CEO and founder of Russell Aviation. He has a great story, but let me tell you a little bit about Russell Aviation. It's an incredible company. Uh, Chase has an incredible story how he started it. As a U.S. Air Force veteran, it's a great story. We love the fact that he served the country. We salute him and we thank him and we honor him for that. But what he's going to be doing with Russell Aviation is he's going to make flying simple and affordable. And it's going to be an incredible thing that he offers. We're so excited, Chase, to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. This is great. So let's pull the lens back to 30,000 feet before we get into your story, which is just remarkable. And tell us about Russell Aviation, Chase. So Russell Aviation pretty much is, um, it's a way for people, people have always had this dream. They, they see flying privately. They see it as a high profile CEO, only the rich can afford it. Um, I looked at that and I said, I, I don't, that's not how it should be. I understand how aircraft work. I understand what's the cost behind it. And, 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 people wanting to fly, it almost gives the limousine for prom effect. Uh, you can fly private for an affordable rate. And that's exactly what Russell Aviation is. We're offering, uh, we're cutting out the middleman with a booking process by booking through a easy to use mobile app. And then you can book your flight, get on it, no baggage fees, no security uh, for the people, uh, the COVID secure or the COVID issues. Um, it inherently allows you to social distance. Um, and it's all affordable. If you can fly first class or even most business classes on commercial, you can afford to fly privately with Russell Aviation. This is unbelievable because you never heard someone say this before. You know, when we think about, you know, luxury air charters, we're thinking it's just going to be a fortune and it's not accessible and nobody can afford it except for the uber wealthy. But you found a problem and the problem is that people would love to do it if they could afford it and it was made affordable to them. So you've cut out a bunch of things that typically are sort of the add-on fees, which makes flying in this way so expensive. So let's talk about it just for a minute, Chase. And then we want to talk a little bit about, you know, your career in the Air Force and how you came, you know, to this idea during COVID and everything like that. But so what you're really saying is that you figured out a way to make flying in this way, this very luxurious way affordable. How'd you do it? 
So we, the, the first thing I started to look at was, okay, what type of aircraft are these people, uh, these other charter companies using in which, you know, a normal charter would be tens of thousands of dollars for a simple two hour flight. Um, why are they charging this? And you're adding on membership fees, you're adding on multiple other things on top of that $10,000 that not the everyday person can afford. But you ask anybody and anybody wants to fly private. You can go nine out of 10 people are going to say, yeah, I would love to fly on a private jet. Um, so my first thought was, okay, let's, let's figure out the jet situation. Let's figure out what kind of jets we can use that are efficient fuel wise, uh, that are easy to maintain, cheaper to maintain. And how else can we use our business model in order to reduce costs for us and pass those savings on to the consumers. So we started looking into the aircraft and the types of small mid-sized business jets that we'll be using are extremely affordable. They're extremely efficient and they're extremely to maintain. So that cuts costs for all of that cuts costs for me and it passes on to the consumer as well. Then you look at the booking process. Most charters need 10, 15 people on a sales team for a you know, pretty decent sized uh, aircraft charter company. If you can cut all of that salary out and add it just to a simple mobile app that's so user friendly that somebody can go on and a few presses of a button, they've got a time, a date and exactly where they want to go, when they want to go. And that saves time for them and it saves money for us, which again, gets passed on to the consumer. Um, multiple other things, uh, our locations where we fly out of are, are very cheap to have. Uh, the fuel costs where we fly out of here in Punta Gorda, it's the third cheapest fuel in the nation. Um, it, it's a very affordable place to live and the, the income in this area is perfect. Um, and then if you look at Florida overall as a larger market, the market is prime. It's 70% up right now in private bookings for 2020. It's one of the only industries within the, the coronavirus pandemic that has increased tenfold. And it's, it's an amazing time. And it, it just so happened that people are looking for more affordable solutions. This is unbelievable. I mean, people watching the show all over the country are going to be saying to themselves, where's Russell Aviation in my town? I mean, I need this. This sounds unbelievable but right now you're 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 starting out in florida so let's talk about that a little bit let's talk about some of your your routes or your routes that the, the planes will be flying back and forth to to begin with and let's get into that a little bit chase if you don't mind yeah absolutely so so florida for me um when i got out of the military I moved back to my hometown here in charlotte county um in, in southwest florida um, and I started looking at the market demographics and, and a bunch of other different uh, situations. And it just so happened that Punta Gorda, the, the town which we're home based out of, um, is the third largest, third fastest growing airport in the nation and the cheapest fuel in the nation. So again, the stars aligned on that one. Um, so it made, it, made the, the, it made everything just ready to go. So we start putting it together and we started looking at the Caribbean. The Caribbean is a completely underserved market and the majority of flights, private flights coming out of Florida are either going up north uh, uh, into New England um, because of the snowbirds that come down or they're going out into the Caribbean because people are looking to take vacations. They want to go to the Virgin Islands, the British Virgin Islands, places like that. Um, so with the jets that we have, um, it's cost effective to fly shorter flights, which is why we're only going to be serving the Southeast US and uh, the Caribbean at the moment. Now, once we scale up, which is, is part of our, our capital raise right now, once we scale up, we're going to be flying all over the nation. Our part 135 certificate, which is the safety certificate that the FAA gives you 
in order to say, hey, you're, you're a good charter company, you, you play by the rules, you're safe. That allows us to fly within the continental US, the Caribbean and Canada. So we're looking to range in all of those markets and flights everywhere. That's unbelievable. And you just mentioned you're, you're raising funds. When I look at something like this, you know, there's a big problem. And the problem is that everybody, if they had a choice, would like to fly this way. The challenge is they can't afford it. So mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're, you put together all your experience and expertise working in, you know, working at the, at the U.S. Air Force and with your team to figure out how to solve this huge problem by figuring out the length of the flights, where you get the cheapest fuel, what airports you go in and out of, what types of planes you should be flying, where you should be flying into and out of, where the demand and the supply is advantageous for you to be able to offer this type of opportunity. It's really brilliant. And for you to take this first in the Southeast and offer it throughout the United States, this is a winner if I've ever seen one, Chase. So let's talk about a little bit your background because you know entrepreneurs are watching this and they're saying, wow, this is a guy who was in the Air Force. He loves planes, he loves flight. He, they don't know this about you, but you were a mechanic and working on the planes and you know what it takes to keep them moving and flying and you know about logistics as well. So how did this all come together? Where did the brainstorm start and how did you get it from where the brainstorm started to today? Yeah, so I mean, I, I grew up here in Punta Gorda. I grew up in the, in, in the southwest of Punta, or in uh, Florida and I, I, joined the, I joined the Air Force right out of high school. Um, I didn't, I signed up. I said, I don't know what I want to do, but Hey, serving my country sounds like a good idea. And, uh, I joined up and I got to my first base and it was Holloman air force base in New Mexico. And three months later I was in Kandahar, Afghanistan. And then I got back six months later, I was in Kandahar, Afghanistan again. And then six months later I was in Kuwait doing a a short tour, a, a year long short tour in Kuwait. And I was married. I have, uh, I had, a, I have a daughter now, and I had a daughter at the time as well. Um, so I was spending so much time away from my family, and I, I wasn't, not that I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. I love being in the Air Force. I think everybody, um, I think the the passion behind most of the people that are veterans, and especially that move into the entrepreneurial world after after serving, is you have such a different uh, mindset when you come out of the military. And, and I'm at the age of 26 now. So I think coming out of, of the military and starting this at such a young age, I think it's such an amazing thing to get started right off the bat. But I was uh, tracked back to uh, when I was in Kuwait on a short tour, I had, I had a year and a half left in the military and I was thinking, okay, what, what can I do? I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I know I want to do business. So I started going to school for business while I was still in. And I started coming up with the, with the idea of, hey, I want to stay with aviation. What, what's something that the market needs? What's something that is really going to blow the market away that it's not going to be even a question you want to do it? Exactly like you said a minute ago, where if you can fly private, you're going to fly private. And it's a, and it's a home run, uh, in my opinion, and the opinion of a lot of people. But um, so I started coming up with this affordable private charter idea, started getting the business plan together, got out of the military uh, and started just gears turning, gears turning. And and it's just built and built and built and built. And, you know, for me as an entrepreneur, I've had to revise it, the 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 sales plan. I've had to revise the marketing plan because I didn't have any experience and I hadn't started five businesses before. But 
I knew how to sell things. I knew how to, I knew how to maintain aircraft. I knew the aviation world. Um, so putting it all on paper and making it into a business is a very different uh, thing that I've had to teach myself over the, over the past two years now. Um, and I think we've got a very fine product now and we've decided to start raising capital and it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be fun. It's definitely going to be fun. And you're a young man, you know, you're 26 years old. This sport coat I have on is 26 years old. So uh, that's great. That's great, Chase. So, so listen, the thing that also is amazing about this particular business is that there is a barrier to entry. It's not like anyone can just get into this business. I mean, it takes a lot of paperwork, a lot of expertise, a lot of background checks. I mean, you really can't just walk in and decide you're just going to open up a, 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 a luxury air charter service. So I know you're waiting on some of the final approvals, which is very amazing. And once you get those final approvals, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that really positions you as someone to be reckoned with because not anyone can just walk into this business and become a luxury air charter service. So how much longer do you think it's going to be before the certifications come through and we're going to be flying? So we're targeting that it should be around the June timeframe. Um, the FAA has complete control over that um, to an extent, whether you get your organizational manuals in and the paperwork that needs to be filed in order to have the part 135 and to safely and legally operate. Um, that's, that's dependent on how quick I can get the paperwork done and my company can get it done versus also having the FAA check over it. Um, the local fi flight district standards office uh, approve it and come in and do their checks and balances. Um, talking about the barriers of entry into this field, anything that has to do with aviation has a million barriers to entry and uh, it all typically routes with certifications. It's no different than starting, a, the way I try to explain it to people is starting a restaurant. You need the food safety uh, certifications and stuff like that. It's no different than with the FAA, except it's extremely, extremely stringent. Um, so that creates, and that's good for us. Um, people that are willing to go through with that, that this is why you don't see too many people saying, Hey, I'm going to start an airline. You, you, you haven't heard too many people saying, I'm going to start an airline. It's a very established industry. And if you can come in and disrupt that industry, uh, you know, if you look at, uh, Sun Country, for instance, and Allegiant and those types of, uh, budget commercial airlines, they came in and disrupted the legacy industry, uh, the aircraft industry, and they're, doing very well with almost the same business model that we're doing by booking on a mobile app, cutting out those sales teams. Uh, Legion does it uh, at charging for extra bags, which Russell Aviation doesn't do because you can bring up to 200 pounds per person, um, which is was quite a lot. So um, it's been, it, it, the barriers to entry is really what sets us apart with doing this. That's awesome. Now the planes that you're going to be using how, how many passengers can get on one of your charter services uh, to, on a typical like leg right now? So you can fly seven, depending on configuration and weight, you can fly seven to nine people. Um, the way we do our business model and our, our sales structure, um, we charge per person per hour. Most charter companies are charging for the entire aircraft, no matter how many people you bring on. Um, so you might be one person getting on the plane and you're paying $10,000, whether you bring one person or you bring 30 people, we want to start charging like a cell phone plan where the more people you bring on your cell phone plan or your flight, the cheaper it gets per person. And that incentivizes not having empty seats on your plane. And it also incentivizes more people to be flying privately with us. 
That's very interesting. And all that will be able to be done on your application, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The more people you pick, the anywhere from seven to nine people, you can pick up to nine depending on the specific aircraft that you choose. Um, and it's, it's very simplistic. Very awesome. Now, when we think about going to the airport, Chase, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, you know, when you, when you fly commercial, you know, it, it's nightmarish, especially now with COVID and all the regulations and everything else going on, you know, it, it's, thank goodness it's coming back. But from your perspective, what type of sort of airports are you going to be flying out of? And is that going to be a different experience than flying commercial? So the majority of the airports we're going to be flying out of, we can fly into any airport that's not publicly owned um, or privately owned. I'm sorry. So if it's a privately owned airport, you have to have uh, an exclusive uh, membership with that airport, which is something that most private aircraft owners have. They, they fly into the same airports. Russell Aviation, I could fly into Miami International. I could fly into Palm Beach. I could fly into Atlanta. I could fly into BVI. Anywhere you want to go, we can fly as long as it's not privately owned. Now, what happens with the private, uh, the private side of flying things, if you've never flown private, normally what happens, uh, depending on the airport, you're going to go through a TSA pre-screen. You're going to get your bags checked by TSA, but you're not sitting in the commercial airlines. You're not sitting there with TSA in line. You're not waiting on a carousel for your baggage. You're getting on the plane and your bags are on that plane. Uh, you're not, you're not going to have a layover in Atlanta for three hours and maybe your bag goes missing and ends up in Taiwan somewhere. We don't know. So that's, what's amazing about flying private. And if you can make it affordable, like we're doing, not only are you, you're canceling out everything that intrinsically comes with commercial flight, that's terrible. And you're still getting the same price. That's unbelievable. It's really, really great. What a great model, very thoughtful, carefully thought out. You mentioned, Chase, about veterans, and this is something that we like to talk about because it needs to be talked about. Veterans typically, when they, when they get out of the branch of service that they've been committed to and have been working with, they typically have a very unique set of skills, a very unique outlook, a very interesting sort of attitude. And that's why many of them, if they put their heart and soul and mind into it, can become great entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So from your perspective, when we look at veteran entrepreneurs, why do you think they have an edge over someone that hasn't been in the military? I think um, this is a question I've been asked a lot. And I, I, I love this question because I think coming out of the military, you come out with a sense of responsibility, regardless of age, you come out with a sense of, of purpose, you come out with um, just this incredible work ethic, because in the military, you know, if you get tired, or you get sick, or something like that, the mission goes on. Being an entrepreneur, it's no different. Uh, you get to come out and every single day, regardless of if I want to go and work for my dream, or I, I'm not feeling good that day or anything like that, the show must go on. And you have to work. And, and, and specifically for me in the military, I was so used to, especially being deployed so many times, I was so used to working 12, 13, 15 hour days um, for five, six months straight. Um, anybody that comes out of the military, they, they typically have that same work ethic and that same mindset. Like I can just keep going. And when most people would stop, I can just keep going. Um, and, and you also come out with a sense of, um, you come out with a sense of just, passion for whatever you're doing, whether you 
want to do that specific task or not, you know it has to be done and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get it done. And I think veteran entrepreneurs are completely, I think it's a, it's an underrated field for veterans coming out of the military to go into entrepreneurship. And uh, I'm glad I've met quite a few entrepreneurs that are veterans as well. Um, here in Southwest Florida, we even have an entire group at the local college that's all veteran entrepreneurs and everything. And I think it's just, it's an amazing community to be a part of. I love it. And I agree 100%. It's absolutely incredible. And it's very inspiring, Chase. When we think about entrepreneurship, here's a new question that we're starting to ask all of our entrepreneurs that have come on the Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. And the question is, what is your why? What makes Chase Rus Russell get up in the morning? What's your why? What motivates you when you wake up to go out there and do the best possible job that you can do? My why, I think uh, having, having a family um, and, and having, I, I didn't have, I, I didn't grow up very well off. I didn't grow up with many things that I wanted. And now that I have two daughters and a wife and a family, I want to give them something. Um, I, I love the drive. I love the passion that goes behind starting a business. And when everybody's telling you, no, it can't work, or they're excited for you, regardless of what side people are on or what kind of motivation they're trying to give you, whether it's positive or negative motivation, the fact that I'm not going to stop and that just motivates me even more is I'm just not going to quit. And then, and then of course, going back to passing it on to my kids, I want to have something that has the Russell name on it that I can pass down to my children that I just enjoy doing. And then of course I love aviation. So it just so happens that all of it gets mixed into one and it creates a perfect storm for me to be successful in it. I love it. It's a perfect storm, if you will. And I know that Russell aviation is not going to be uh, having very many storms that you're going to need to fly through as you take your path to, to, to world dominance in the luxury air charter service business. It's really remarkable, Chase. So I know you've only sliced out a certain amount of time. I know you're still working, uh, you know, with getting this thing going so that you can serve all the people. I know people can come to Russell Aviation to your website and, and probably sign up for some updates if they need updates and, you know, they'll, they'll get the updates sent to their email uh, so that they can start booking flights and downloading the app when it's ready. But when we think about entrepreneurship, Chase, you know, you mentioned that there's certain people that, sort of doubt you sometimes, all entrepreneurs, or they doubt the idea or the mission. And we call those people dream stealers at dot-com magazine because they try and steal your dreams from you. But for entrepreneurs that are starting a business like yours and they're watching the show, uh, maybe you could talk to them a little bit about what happens and what type of mindset it takes when you hit a pothole, what type of mindset does it take when you hit a barrier? What type of, you know, go forward attitude and mindset do you need to get to where you're going to go from point A to point C and finish the job? So maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think um, for anybody that's watching that might be starting a business and they get down or that, you know, they hit a roadblock or something like that. I if you're doing something you're passionate about and you've researched it thoroughly and you know it's going to work, nothing's going to stop you. I don't, I, I've hit every snag in the road you can possibly hit. 
Um, and I'm going to continue to hit more for however long I live. I don't care if I continue, if I, if I move out of Russell Aviation onto something different, um, no matter what, you're always going to hit potholes. The thing is, is how you react to those potholes. And I always look at the potholes as that's just a, you just got to find a different route. You know, I, I drive down the road. If I take a wrong turn I just turn around and go back, find the dip, find the right road. And, and no matter what you're ending up at your destination, you can either stop and sit on the side of the road or you can keep going down the wrong road or you can turn around and get back on course. It's, it's either way you want to go. And that's your choice in life. Um, I, I love hitting potholes cause it might lead you to something that's way better than you thought it was going to be. That's happened to me countless times. I mean, for instance, with the sales plan, we came up with a sales plan. We ran the numbers on it. It wasn't going to work. And that spent two months doing that. And we had to turn around and it came out way better than we thought it was going to come out. Um, I, potholes are a part of entrepreneurship. They're a part of life and it's not going to stop. I love it. That's a great attitude. And for the entrepreneurs watching the show, you know, no matter if you're in a startup or, or a more mature company, we all hit potholes. And, and what Chase is saying that each pothole represents an opportunity. I look at a pothole as a mini Harvard MBA. And what I mean by that is you can look at that pothole and it instantly depending on your mindset, you can change or make a different decision or, or, or build on the decision that maybe was the pothole decision, but make it a better decision. So you cover up and fill in the pothole and you're learning on the fly. You're learning as an entrepreneur all the time. So if you have that same mentality that Chase has, it's going to go a, a long, long way. Chase, I think that Boy, oh boy, this is really exciting to have you on the show. I think we're going to look back at this show, you know, down the road. And I'm going to say, you know, I had that Chase Russell on the show early on, and I'm sure that's going to happen. I wanted to thank you so much. I know, again, you're so busy, you know, getting this thing launched and, and going to be providing a world-class luxury air charter service at an affordable price to so many clients starting in Florida, then, then the South East and then taking it nationwide. So again, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure of mine to be on here. Thank you. Yeah.